A Telltale Pod production. The Night Princess, Part 2 Now the Sun King had not failed to notice what a beautiful princess this baby had grown up to be. So beautiful, in fact, that he thought she was the only being in the universe suitable to be a bride for his son, Prince Fire. He sent a message that he wished for an audience with the King and Queen of the Night, as he had a proposition to make. What could it be? they wondered, and couldn't help feeling it had something to do with their daughter. They sat side by side on their silver thrones, waiting for the Sun King's arrival. They heard a fanfare of trumpets, a sound that shimmered through the palace with a blinding light, and suddenly a vast cloaked figure strode into the throne room. As before, the Sun King was enveloped in a black cloak as not to set fire to the Night Kingdom. They indicated a throne of stars for their royal visitor to be seated, and for some moments there was silence as they all contemplated each other. At last, the Sun King spoke. We have noted the way in which Princess Desire has grown into a woman of incomparable beauty and goodness of heart. We regret our anger at her birth and our offence taken at not being invited to her party. We wish to create friendly bonds between our two kingdoms, and I therefore request the hand in marriage of your daughter to my son, Prince Fire. In this way, the curse will be lifted from her, and she will no longer be endangered by any beam of sunlight, no matter how weak or how strong. The Night King and Queen looked at each other. It seemed to them to be an eminently reasonable proposal. Anything that restored the friendship between the sun and the moon had to be a good thing. They promised to talk it over with their daughter and let the Sun King know as soon as possible. How Princess Desire's heart ached. She knew how much she would please her parents if she would accept Prince Fire as a husband. And wasn't she tempted when she thought of what freedom she would gain from having the terrible spell lifted? The spell which meant she would be destroyed if one single glimmer of sunlight ever fell upon her. Wouldn't she have the power to roam the firmament by night and by day? Wouldn't she be able to see all the colours of daylight? The green of grass and trees? 
the pinks, purples, blues, reds and yellows of flowers and birds, indeed the colours of the rainbow, but all she could think about was how much she loved the human farmer, day, down on earth. And suddenly, none of those things seemed as important as her love for him. So Desire wept as she told her parents that she couldn't, indeed wouldn't, accept Prince Fire as a husband. Then I fear you must continue to remain in this tower until you agree, they told her, and swept away in anger and distress. King and Queen Knight summoned Dark, their daughter's faithful guardian. Talk to her. You are her best friend. She may listen to you. Make her see sense. Remind her of her duties to us and her kingdom. So Dark was taken up the spiral of winds to the tower and admitted to the princess's chambers. Have you come to help me? Have you come to take me away? Dear Dark, my best and only friend, she cried. My lady, whispered Dark, love is so thoughtless. It doesn't care whether or not it can be fulfilled. Some love has to stay secret, unfulfilled, unrequited. No one can tell you not to love this mortal. Only you can step back with that love still in your heart and give him up to the human woman who can be his wife in a way that you can't. If he married you, he would be condemned never again to see the light of day. If you married him, you know that one glimmer of sunlight upon you would destroy you. This love cannot be. I cannot ask you to forget him, but I can remind you of your duty to your parents and to the kingdom. Bid him farewell, dear princess, and let us now leave him forever. Princess Desire looked at him as if he had betrayed her, as if he could no longer be counted as her friend and most loyal bodyguard. And Dark's heart felt as though it were breaking when she ordered him away. After all, she raved, I am being asked to marry the son of a king who cursed me in the most dreadful way. How could I ever trust him or his son? I would be a wife, yet nothing more than a prisoner. So Dark had to return to the Night Kingdom and report back that he had failed to persuade the princess. Then she will stay in the tower. It's for her own good, answered the king sternly. When the Sun King heard that Princess Desire had refused his son in marriage, he was furious. He raged over the universe. His heat beat down pitilessly on the poor earth below. The lakes and rivers began to dry up. Thirsty people searched desperately for water, while birds fluttered helplessly in the leafless trees. Worst of all, farmers could no longer grow crops on their parched lands, and their animals were dying. The farmer, whom the princess loved so desperately, worked day and night, trying to save his flock. Once more, Dark came to the tower and told the horrified princess what was happening. The earth is dying, my lady. Your own beloved farmer will die too. Only you can save them. Dear Dark, this is my last request. Let me see my farmer for one last time and then I promise no more. After much anguished thought, Dark agreed. 
Secretly he went to the starry stables and led forth Midnight, the princess's mare. He rode her up until he reached the top of the tower, and there she neighed at the window. The princess rushed forward with joy and amazement. Oh, Doc, dear Doc, thank you, thank you. I should never have doubted your loyalty and love for me. Please, princess, he cried. Let this be your last visit to the mortal. Say your farewell to him. You and he can never be married. Let him go with the chosen maiden. Wish him happiness. Don't spoil my pleasure, exclaimed Desire, climbing through the tower window and leaping onto her horse. Come on, let's go! And she galloped down towards the parched earth and the farmer's cottage, followed by her faithful dog. Once again, she hovered in the now shriveled honeysuckle outside the farmer's window. There he lay, restlessly tossing with anxiety, for he was soon to be married, and he dreaded what the future might bring. The night princess slid over the windowsill and, once again, stood at the foot of his bed and stroked his bare feet. As before, he awoke and saw her with joy, then tears rolled down his cheeks. Beloved princess, he wept, as you didn't come for so long, I thought you no longer loved me. In any case, I knew I couldn't live with you. Who would care for the farm and my sheep if I left to live with you in the Night Kingdom? What's more, I am betrothed to a sweet maid. I am to be married. I could not betray her, but now the earth is dying and I don't know what is to become of us. If you come with me, for one last ride, replied Desire, I shall never trouble you again, and this earth will recover, and your farm will thrive, I promise you. Joyfully, filled with hope, yet also immeasurable sadness, Day rose from his bed and climbed through the window onto Midnight's back. Instead of taking the reins herself, the night princess mounted behind him. You lead the way. Why don't you show me one thing which gives you joy on this earth that you tread as a mortal? Take the reins and ride there for me, this one last time. So the farmer took up the reins, gave a gentle dig into midnight's flanks, and they rose up to the starry sky. He was exhilarated. There's one thing I've always wanted to see, and I know it would give you the greatest pleasure too. Let this be my gift to you, one we shall remember forever. Yes, yes, where are we going? asked the princess, weeping quietly. That's my secret, said Day. I want it to be a surprise. All night, the princess and her beloved farmer galloped over the face of the earth. On the way to our destination, let me see the earth by your light, he cried. So she showed him the Taj Mahal, the Great Wall of China, snaking away in the moonlight, gleaming dark like a vast serpent. He saw the Alps and the Himalayas, majestic in midnight snow, and the whitest and sweetest of scented flowers that only opened by night. Now I will show you the one thing above all others that lifts up my heart. Makes me glad to be alive, he shouted, and turned Midnight's head towards the east. Madam! Madam! 
Dark galloped alongside his mistress with alarm. Turn back. Return to the tower. It is nearly dawn. I can't turn back now, she shouted. I must see the one thing my beloved most adores on this earth. And pressing her face into the farmer's back, she dug her heels into Midnight's flanks and urged her onwards. Where are you going? Dark yelled, as instead of riding skywards towards the moon, they galloped on across the face of the earth. Go back, Dark! Tell my father and mother that I love a mortal and I can never marry another. I beg forgiveness. Go back! Dark tried to catch up with her. How could he ever go back without his mistress? He would rather die. But he lost them amongst the racing clouds and thought he glimpsed them riding down towards a forest below. He followed. Your Highness! Princess! he called out desperately as they plunged into the trees. At first he thought he saw shreds of silver light caught among the branches and brambly paths, reflected in woodland pools or running streams, but when he raced towards them, they vanished. As the night went on, Dark began to feel a terror in his bones. Where was the princess? It would soon be dawn. She knew the penalty of being out even in the first glimmer of day. He called again, desperately, begging her to let him take her home. But no answering voice came, only the flutter of disturbed birds and the scuffling of foxes. Having lost Dark in the forest, Desire urged her farmer upwards again. Are we far from our destination? she called. Not far, not far he replied. They broke out of the forest canopy, and finally, ahead, they saw a vast black space where land and sky were indivisible. There, he cried, pointing to earth. This is what I was looking for. Princess Knight saw, by the light of a brilliant moon, a vast plain with a ring of standing stones, huge upright stones capped with lintels, like open doors that led into a celestial mansion. Giant dancers who would turn, leap, revolve in celebration of life and death. The farmer brought the horse down and landed in the centre of the circle. He helped Princess Desire dismount. Of all the magnificent creations of the world, my love, this is the most extraordinary. I thought I would die and never see it, but you have made it possible. Let us wait here, you and I, and remember this moment forever. Then we can part and live our lives knowing that we have created our own eternity. He folded his arms around her and, turning her face to look through the broader stone doorway to the eastern horizon, murmured into her hair, Watch the sky and wait. She gazed up at the full moon. It was beginning to wane. She knew what day was waiting for. Her eyes scanned her kingdom, where the stars flickered, weaker. Desire leaned into his embrace, pressed her black knight's cheek against his, felt the life in his body rushing through his veins, and began to sing a song of farewell. 
Dark galloped frantically through the sky, searching for his beloved mistress. Any moment now the eggshell fabric of the heavens would break and release the rays of the sun. Then he heard her song and saw them. He plunged downwards into the stone circle, just as a thin shaft of pink pale light slid through a crack in the sky above. He flung himself off his horse and raced towards the lovers, standing in the gateway to the rising sun. Even as he enveloped the princess in his night cloak, he knew he was too late. But still, he dragged her out of the fatal doorway, thrusting the farmer away. Within his desperate embrace, Doc felt a burning heat, which he knew would destroy them both. A burst of flames seared high into the skies, then broke up into a million specks of stardust as all day long the vengeful Sun King rampaged across the skies in his rage, bringing havoc to the world below. But as evening approached, and with his fury spent, he gazed down at the Temple of Stones built to honour him as well as the moon. He saw beyond the broad doorway facing towards the east a stone, separate from the rest, a leaning stone, reaching inwards towards the circle, as if trying to see the rising sun and yet escape its rays. Here the mortal, day, knelt weeping silently, his arms embracing the stone. At last the Sun King felt pity and marvelled at the love for the Night Princess and her mortal. With his ebbing rays he enveloped the farmer and bore him home. As the sun set and the day finally darkened, the Night King and his queen rode up frantically in their chariot to find out where their daughter was. A trail of stardust and sparks from a horse's hooves led them to the great plain. Dismounting, they wandered among the giant stones, and there they saw the leaning stone, and realised with awe their daughter's fate. Another stone lay fallen nearby. At last the night king and queen understood. Of all the gifts the princess had been given on the occasion of her birth, courage, beauty, justice, and love, she had finally used her last sacrifice. And with Dark's sacrifice in trying to save her, the farmer and the earth were spared and life could go on. It was the day of his wedding, and the farmer awoke just before sunrise. There was a strange pre-dawn light in the room, and a sound sweeter than any music he had ever heard. It was raining. He leaned out of his window. The smell of honeysuckle overwhelmed him as he looked up into the fading night sky. Twinkling high above was a star he fancied he had never noticed before. As it dimmed, he was overwhelmed with a sense of loss. But then the sun burst through, turning the raindrops into a million rainbows. The farmer smiled and turned away, ready to meet his new bride.
A Tell a Tale Pod production.